Welcome back to the Better Breeders Podcast. This is episode 108. 108. My name is Ben Life, and I am joined this evening by the Black Douglas. How are you this evening, the Black? Aloha, Ben Life. I'm just saying aloha because you've just come back from Hawaii. Absolutely. Back from Hawaii. And, and this is the podcast where we uh, try and make sense of modern life. And, and what can be more contemporary than, uh, than uh, discount air travel? And that's where I've been. I've been to Hawaii and I've flown Jetstar. And uh, I'm raising it this evening, not just to gloat about a wonderful holiday. Um, I had to celebrate the big 5-0, the Hawaii 5-0. Um, but also, uh, you know, I was keenly aware at how the family holiday has changed. And uh, before I get to Hawaii, it did, did make me reminisce not only of my family holidays, and I think we mentioned this in the last podcast, it was a, a car packed on a, mm. to a northern destination. Mm. Dog was always in the car, three across the back seat, no seat belts. Um, in a some sort of Ford Falcon, Ford Fairlanes, you know, car, and the smell pop- of decaying vinyl making yeah. everyone car sick. And you know, everything we took was in the boot. Maybe mm. a surfboard on the roof, uh, KFC foam surfboard, I might add. Get to the destination, which was a fibro house somewhere in Coolangatta, until my mum said decided cool. Uh, Surface paradise, and then my mother decided it got too busy in 1975, so we moved south to Coolangatta. <laughs> Um, and that was it. You turn up, unpack, and you've got two weeks of with no real plans. Mm. Maybe a bit of putt putt golf on the off day if you wanted to sort of lash out. What was what was the uh, what were the Black family holidays like? Great. Well, we uh, being um, in a family with uh, three sisters, mm. me and three sisters, uh, the the back of the Kingswood got a little bit noisy <laughs> and fractious at times. You know, no air conditioning. So were you all four of you in the back seat? Or, uh, or you know, spread across the uh, the bench seat. Yeah. And um, my parents' great trick was to buy a bag of red frogs at the start of the journey, snip the top off and say, next time anyone complains, red frog out the window. <laughs> so if there were no complaints, full bag of red frogs wow. at the end of the journey. Worked a treat. But the, but the, the journey was a long one. The roads yes. were usually um, dual carriage, single lane each way. Um, there wasn't any of the sort of convenience of modern North Coast travel. It was mm, mm. still a, you know, I remember driving up through Byron and stopping off for a night or two and it was just a dairy and abattoir town. Mm. I don't recall the hippies were there at that time and, mm. and felt like a pretty boring place to be. And most of the holidays, I think the greatest joy of the holiday back then was boredom, the, the, the gift of boredom. <laughs> Nothing to do so you'd, <laughs> you'd, so you'd make it up as you went. Whereas, you know, you had a family reason to get on a plane at probably at the age of 10, but I don't think I got on a plane until probably 14 when we went on a family holiday to Fiji. Must have mm. been one of those sort of early discount packages, um, which is in sort of stark comparison to my kids who fill passports at a very, very young age mm. and sort of think it's normal, whereas in my... And uh, Ricky T, the 12-year-old, is uh, he spends a lot of time online looking at business class travel. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of his hobbies. <laughs> business class travel, and he's... he's um, come to the uh, deduction that Emirates has the best business class, but the dream is first class, and he's saving up for a first class seat. I mean, I don't think I even. Oh, no, I'm not. There he is. He shouted out disagreement from the uh, cheap seats, um, but loves his business class trip. Oh, saving up to go to Europe because apparently Belgium has the best chocolate. So uh, this is this is kind of what I was going to get onto is is that the modern holiday. So if I can paint the picture. Um, we went to uh, Hawaii, got to a, a country house, mm. and in I think I booked it in the spirit of my family holidays where you sit down and there's not much to do. Um, first question was, is there Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi was on, and there were sort of three 14-year-olds and a 12-year-old, 
and straight onto the screens. You know, before we'd had a chance to unpack, they're straight back into funnygifts.com or something mm. like that. I mean, you know, what's the value of boredom these days for the kids? Black, do you have any do you have any thoughts on I mean your have your sibling uh it's not siblings, well maybe your siblings, but your kids are the same? Straight onto the Wi Fi? Straight onto the screens. Mm. It's um yes, it's 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 a it's a sorry state of affairs, Ben Life. Things were different when we were children, weren't they? They um, were and I yeah, you know, I think we, we used uh, to just be happy with our Kentucky fried chicken surfboard. Yeah. Know? I thought they you know, I thought I was keen for them to cut loose with a frisbee. Maybe try and climb a coconut tree, yes, um, and just get up to sort of mischief, climb a fence, get mm. some splinters. Um, but that's not how it is, and I'm not sure if you can sort of enforce that, other than you know confiscation of phones or mm. you know being discreet about the Wi-Fi password. But you know we're in a in a tropical paradise, but we're we're straight on screens, and I think that was probably the the downside of the holiday. Um, and I'm not sure what sort of penalties, maybe cutting the heads off red frogs, might have been something that worked. Um, and, it, and it did make me, and I'll back, get back to Hawaii, but it did make me think of some of the road trips that we used to take. Um, mm. So when we were probably... Uh, you and I in our 20s. That's right. Mm. Yep. Black and the Ben life. We'd, I think at Boxing Day we'd leave Sydney. Mm. with the only, the only plan was to head north. Mm. And we did this in a, for a number of years. No accommodation planned. A surfboard on the roof and, and um, probably a pair of shorts, spare pair of shorts uh, in, in the boot. Mm. And we would head north. We'd stop off at, at, at sort of country towns. And, um, and a number of exciting things happened. And I think one of my favourites was uh, we ended up in Brisbane. At a, at a, at a, I think that That's was about right. as far as we got. I remember we parked the car. It was in Fortitude Valley. And I took the battery out of the car because I didn't want the car to get stolen because there's no way you could lock the old Corona. And, um, and I remember we had a tan. I remember from driving had a tan on one, you know, a truckie's tan. And uh, I remember, you know, I packed a surfboard and you packed a saxophone. And uh, I'm not sure if people pack, pack an instrument, you know, on the odd chance that they'll get up and jam. But you, you were up there. I forget what sort of band it was. It might have been a funk band, was it? Or a I, pop band? Yeah, it's, it, it's a long time ago, Ben Life. But it mm. was some sort of hippie collective sort of thing. They were cool with it, man. Yeah. <laughs> they were cool. And I remember one, one standard out of that evening was um, you... Uh, I think for some reason you'd struck up conversation because, you know, the, the saxophone is, is, you know... An the sexy is, sax. You know, the sexy sax. sax. And yeah. you struck up conversation with two fillies in this club. And uh, we came over to me and say, look, you know, we, we've met some young fillies and, and, and you know, maybe our, our luck is in. Turn back around and, and said young ladies were uh, in, engaged in a bit of tongue hockey. <laughs> you know, and... and <laughs> I think that so I recall we went back to the hotel room and played Monopoly <laughs> yeah, we afterwards. We, yeah, we went back and played Monopoly. That was that was how most nights ended. Uh, Monopoly, more um, cards. No screens. Canasta, no screens at all. Um, no plans. I think we probably had a budget of probably $50 a day, petrol, food, accommodation. Yeah. Um, and and that's, not, that's not the case these days. So, we, you know, we land at Hawaii. Um, we have to hire the... Um, the large American truck, as it was, you know. Was it a Winnie Bago? It was huge. I don't know what. Mm. You, I think it was some kind of Chev. And um, we sort of drove around, and and you know, complaints uh, about poor coffee were, pretty, mm. p- were there pretty quickly. Um, complaints about um, you know uh, not getting to the the accommodation quickly enough. 
<laughs> and I just deliberately drove the long way around the island just to get to this place. And I, and I found, you know, sometimes entitlement brings out the cruel side of me, and especially on a holiday when I've got time to plot and scheme. Um, so anyway, we got to the destination. It was fantastic. But um, it, I did feel like Julie from The Love Boat, where I had to have the whole <laughs> schedule mapped out. Like, we're going to, you know, 9 a.m., you know, rise and shine, 10 a.m., leave house, and uh, you need, you know, you need to have everything planned out. There'll be endless questions. What are we going to do now? That was my favourite. What are we going to do now? So, you know, there we are in tropical paradise, and I had to quickly go through the guidebook, and uh, we found our way to the Dole Plantation, you know, the pineapple wonderland in Hawaii, which is a wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful. As event. in Dole, Dole tin pineapple. I think yeah. we have Dole tin pineapple. I think we have here. Dole here, and mm. um, we also, um, we as I discussed last time, I was dreading going to a luau in Hawaii. Mm. Um, Back in the day, it used to be putt-putt golf. Now, these days, it's 160 US dollars to go and see a luau with a smorgasbord and a special dance performance. Oh, um, my God. And, Culture you know, comes I, at a price. I am, I am suspicious of the all-you-can-eat buffet at mm. the luau. You know, um, you, you know, they might have the pig's head, but in the rest, it's going to be tinned spam. And this is the land of the spam. So, you're gonna, you know, you're always going to be suspicious about what's served up. So, we got out of doing that. We didn't go to the... Uh, I think I saw some of your photos on Instagram and you went to a, a shop just with flavours of spam. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because um, now the thing about Hawaii, it's very diverse and and, um, and Mary, my wife, was uh, she was raised on spam in the Philippines and she mm. found some Ticino sta- spam, which is kind of a, a, a fried pork spam. Mm. And there was just like shelves and shelves of spam. So she was in absolute spam heaven. <laughs> I'm not a spam eater. Are you a spam eater? Uh one word answer, Ben Life, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a quivering meat. And so, I, you know, I can't really go there. So um, I'm not, you know, by no means was it uh, any, there was any real negativity around the uh, holiday other than the fact that I had too much time on my hands to complain and whinge and, and uh, be 50 years old. Um, a few key things came up on the, on the trip, uh, Black Douglas. And mm. One was I was obsessed with the Brady Bunch Go to Hawaii. It's a yes. three-part series. And... I that was that was one of that that was the most. Well, it was you know, it kept us on the edge of our seat for two it nights did. running. Well, three nights, I think, or maybe mm. it was the Grand Canyon episode that was three episodes. Mm-hmm. But but one thing that came to mind, and I and I hope the listeners are um, well acquainted with the Brady Bunch. Did Sam the Butcher go on the Brady Bunch family holiday to Hawaii? Now, Sam was Alice the housekeeper's boyfriend, mm. um, and there was debate in the car as we drove. And this is the wonderful thing about a, about a holiday is, is time to debate whether Sam the Butcher had accompanied the Brady Bunch on that uh, tropical sojourn. And I looked it up today and I can't find any evidence. Do you have any recollection of Sam going on a family holiday? I, I don't. Mm. Uh, ben, perhaps we can put it to our listeners. Yep, separate rooms. Write in. Mm. Uh, whether, because the internet is equivocal on the issue. Yes. There, there is no information for the negative or positive. Sam, I think always whenever he turned up, he had a brown paper bag full of snags. <laughs> he always well, had well, Yeah, pot roast. <laughs> Alice was forever cooking pot roast. <laughs> we never heard of... What is pot roast? Some other highlights from the trip was uh, was uh, Ricky T got himself a Nerf gun. Now, we'd looked this Nerf, mm. particular Nerf gun. It looks It lethal. shoots miniature golf balls. And we looked it up and I'd, and I'd uh, asked an acquaintance who worked in one of the big toy chains and she said, no, you can't get those in the country. So Ricky T and I, we found it, uh, this Nerf gun, and um, we acquired it. And let's, if you're a customs officer out there, please close your ears. And we were thinking, do we, it's a, it's a Nerf gun, it's a toy. Mm. Um, is it or isn't it illegal? We, we weren't quite sure. Mm. Nothing on the form says you have to declare this lethal 
Nerf gun. Mm. Um, but it, but we we sort of went through the form and had a dilemma. Do we declare it? If they were declared, it would have been confiscated. Put it in the bags, no questions asked. Back in the country. Mm. Um, we also bought a ukulele. Is that a wood carving? We, we declared that as a wood carving. Um, there have been a lot of bananas in my bags. The dog's picked up on the scent. But um, uh, what are your thoughts on customs? Do you ever, have you had any run-in of customs? Um, we went to, my sons and I went to Vanuatu a couple of years ago and they wanted to know, they, they didn't want to check through our bags. Mm. They just wanted to know if we'd been swimming in a freshwater stream. <laughs> and the guy was almost winking saying, you haven't been swimming in any freshwater streams. <laughs> and just a visual for your listeners out there, big <laughs> pantomime winking while he said, you haven't been swimming in any freshwater streams, have you? And we went, no, big pantomime <laughs> shaking oh, of the dear. head. So, yeah, we well, weren't going to end up on um, Border Patrol on Channel 7. No, and, and, and um, my daughter, um, Sunshine Ballerina, she went to Laos, uh, as we discussed previously. Mm. And um, obviously they're in a rural area. And one of the things on your customs declaration is, you know, have you been in a rural area in the last, you know, two months? And one of her friends made the, uh, the, the rookie error of writing yes and then crossing it out in pen and saying oh. no. Because <laughs> obviously they had been in a farm and they had been with elephants and stepped on dung and all this sort of thing. So I think that got picked up. Um, her baggage got lost as well. The whole group's baggage oh, got no. lost. Um, it has since been found and I, and I have been given my souvenir T-shirt. Um, <laughs> but in, in Hawaii, um, once again, the other, the other issue going, going away these days is the amount of stuff you take on holidays. Mm. So um, we went on a discount airline. Uh, and the the thing about the discount airline is you pay for everything. So you pay for your luggage, your food, your screen. Mm. So we we're trying to uh, you know we we're trying to work out how much luggage we we're going to take. And um, the uh, my domestic partner thought that maybe eighty kilos of the family would be suitable, and we might have to buy twenty more with the shopping. Now, if you, oh if my you, God. Yeah. that's a lot of luggage. Yeah, it's a lot of luggage. But you know, and this was the, this was one point I, I dare not argue about. And once again, back to harking back to the early days, those eighty kilos of, of of luggage wouldn't have fitted in the old uh, Ford Fairlane uh, black. I don't think. No. Maybe a station wagon. Do you have a Kingswood station wagon, or or is a sedan? We, but yeah, was yeah. room for three bags, maybe. Um, what we, I can't remember how much we were. The boots were pretty substantial, mm. but we. Just, yeah, there wasn't any screens or any of that sort of stuff back in those no days. Stuff. So you just, yeah, you, you, I seem to remember we, we'd sort of go to Kentucky Fried Chicken like <laughs> or, or Hexamoke or something <laughs> like that and maybe that was it. buy a surf mat there, you know. and <laughs> That would do yeah, you for the holiday, wouldn't that'd it? That would be it. Well, I mean, I, I, did, I, I, I did cut back on my um, travelling luggage. I, I took only six kimonos to Hawaii. <laughs> Because I thought, well, well, seven's overdoing it. We're only there for 10 days. And I thought I could wash each kimono once. Um, but people take a lot of stuff. Like we are mm. packing a lot more stuff into a holiday. Mm. You sit there and, you know, really you just need a, you know, there are, there are famous stories of the surfers in the 70s going to uh, Hawaii with a surfboard and a small backpack and they'd have a spare pair of shorts and a T-shirt and mm. that was it. Um, and we've become, we've become uh, um, the, the Sherpas of a whole lot of landfill, haven't we, wherever we go. Yeah, holidaying is just accessory driven nowadays, isn't mm. it? You just need you just need special um, pouches to hold your accessories, and then special bags to hold your accessory <laughs> pouches, and it just goes on and on. Well, you and got on, a bag of chargers. 
Yeah. You've got your, you know, we took with us, you know, probably three screens. Which they're going to make mobile. you leave on the ground at customs well, anyway. Yeah, well, Trump is going to enforce that. And then I had to pay for the screens on the, on the plane. And then I had to pay, f- you know, I pay for the meal. But we, you know, the one, the one sort of throwback to my cheap ass upbringing was uh, we, we, we took a large bag of snacks. So we mm. had the cheese and crackers, we had the tuna and crackers, and we brought all our food. And, and I had a, uh, a moral resistance to paying for a screen or paying for food on this flight. I feel like when mm. you're... I remember when air flight was a luxury item and, and air yes. international travel was a luxury travel. And, and I think, you know, you'd get on a plane in the 70s and it was the air stewards were models. They all looked like Delvine Delaney, if, mm. you, are, if you fondly <laughs> remember the Paul Hogan show. Those sort of ferret, Australia's ferret faucet. Um, these days on air travel, I feel like it's Delvine Delaney, but she never left. You know, <laughs> so she's still working there 30 years later. Yeah. Yeah, they're worried about unfair dismissal. Oh, I think that I don't know what they're doing, and then it, but then I think now that um, pretty much anyone can get an air ticket, and you know I don't want to sound crass or or, um, or in any way sort of class class uh, prejudiced, but mm. I'm you know I'm I'm not sure that Australians have evolved enough and on mass to be to be travelling internationally. No, it's well, it's the yeah, we're, we're not being not being a. a at all snobby here. It's, it's an, the egalitarian country, you know, the classless society. But Aussies also love their cheap crews, don't they? Oh, Remember yeah. Fairstar, that yep. F ship? Yep, yep. From way back when. That that hasn't... Australians still love the Fairstar if it was still going. But um, no, I often see... Coming home on a Thursday morning after, after my all-night shifts, I often see people heading back to the Central Coast mm. wearing, um, you know, billabong shorts that are way too... Small mm-hmm. and uh, bintang singlets. Oh, you know where they've been. Smelling a beer. Um, yeah, um, red skin sort of peeling off their arms, you know, like it's pork crackling. People are fighting <laughs> over the crackling. And, yeah, the, the crews, you know, the, the, the cheap crews, mm-hmm. the cheap P&O crews, uh, where the, the aim seems to be get on board, drink as much as you can as soon as possible, get as drunk as possible, mm-hmm. spew as much as you can mm-hmm. to make room for more. Well, How fun is that? You've reminded me of a... I once had a job offer as a projectionist on a cruise ship. I was working in a film company yep. at the time and I knew how to lace a, 16, a portable 16mm projector. And so um, this is in a, in a pre-digital age and they said, do you want a job on a, on, on a cruise? <laughs> really? And, uh, yeah. and I was sort of keen and sort of hesitant because for, I think it's mainly because the old 16mm um, portable projectors were really tricky mm. uh, pieces of equipment to manhandle. Mm. And I had had nightmares of everyone sitting down to watch uh, ET or something like that, and I, uh, you know, I, the projector stuffs up, and everyone's throwing cupcakes at me. Um, but uh, the guy offering me the work, who seemed to have the contract, his him and his son came and saw me. They tried to convince me because they were short staffed, and, mm. and they told me that um, it would be highly likely that I would join a club called the um, BTH Club or the Before the Heads Club. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, look, I, look, this is a G-rated show, so I won't yeah, talk yeah, too much show, about it. Show. It's a family show, but um, these guys promised me that not only was there um, almost a certain guarantee of activity before the ship left the heads, but almost before the ship had left the port, <laughs> because uh, the Australian tourist is in a hurry to have a great time, and uh, in some ways, introductions are unnecessary. It's almost <laughs> like. You know, you've you've got your checklist, which you, you, before you've even put your your bags of hit the uh, hit the cabin. You're breathing, you'll do. <laughs> You're breathing, you'll do. You've had your first, you know, j- Jack and Jack and Coke, 
And um, that's the thing, you know, it's, it's, it's no smear on uh, any, any class of Australian. I think as a whole, Australians aren't uh, necessarily equipped for international travel. And I mm. frequently found that yep. as, I, as I was fitting into some Ill, Ill, uh, ill-fitting Hawaiian shirts and uh, in some ways perhaps slightly <laughs> disrespectful of the local aloha culture with me in, a, in an ill-fitting shirt trying to sort of represent the, uh, the uh, positive uh, vibrations of aloha. And I think, you know, I'm a mild case of an Australian abroad and it was best that I was hidden away. But there's no shortage <laughs> of Australians ab- abroad and they all seem to be shopping. Mm. Yeah. All shopping. Because there's, there's not enough shopping available in, in our country, is there? No. So you've just got to go no. overseas and shop. I don't know where you'd go to a shop. You know, Westfield's really short on shops at the moment. So I think that... <laughs> but I did notice there was a lot of Australians abroad. And a lot of... And I'm seeing sort of this cross-cultural pollination. So the what used to be the Hawaiian braid on the on the woman's hair is now, mm. you know, seen in Hawaii. Mm. You know, and, and um, they're ordering a, uh, a bintang beer from a Hawaiian bar. And I sort of... I don't think they know where they are. You know, I don't think a lot of Australians know where there are. We, we, I met an interesting character over there and she... Um, I can't vouch for her sanity, but she claimed to be the mistress of a, a, a famous Australian billionaire, and uh, she seemed to be oh, telling really? everyone in the pool <laughs> about her uh, about uh, about this uh, former occupation. Judging by the looks of her, I think it would be a former occupation. And uh, uh, then there were some blokes on a buck's night, and you know we also saw them in in Waikiki, and he was in an inflatable sumo suit walking around. Seven seven men on a trip into Hawaii. Um, didn't look like the most heterosexual of experiences uh, f- to the casual observer. And uh, I did find comfort in Bill's, Bill's, Bill's Cafe in Sydney is now in Hawaii, charging yeah, right. Hawaiian prices for the same, same menu, same smashed avos. As in Bill... Bill Granger. Yeah, right. Yeah, so mm. um, that, was, that was where we found respite. Um, and and Mickey, me and Ricky T. Now, my final point on Hawaii were, and the, the final sort of uh, g- cultural question I have was going mm. to Pearl Harbor... And noticing how many Japanese tourists there are mm. at Pearl Harbor and where they talk about the Japanese attack. And I'm just trying to get inside the head of the Japanese tourist mm. and their awareness or what's, what are they thinking as they go on the, uh, on the uh, Missouri, the, the battleship Missouri or one of the tanks, I mean one of the uh, submarines that uh, hunted Japanese or was hunted by during the war. I mean all can be forgotten but uh, I found that mm. an interesting scenario. I don't know if I'd want to go and... You know, what, what, I'm not sure what museums Australians could go to abroad where we looked about our, on our evilness. Perhaps Turkey, where we try invaded their land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that that irony of that isn't lost. But um, I'm back well and truly. I'm a bit, dep- you know, a bit depressed to be back because I did have a wonderful time travelling. Um, a lot poorer. I'm sure our family <laughs> holidays probably cost less than 500 bucks for two weeks away. And I can tell you, you know, you you just the extras on Jetstar, just the luggage alone, probably costs you 500 bucks. So a cheap airfare really adds up. Um, so yeah, so we're broken. We're going to go camping from now on. <laughs> Any holidays planned for you, Black? Um, well, uh, not in the foreseeable future. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe a bit of camping. Yeah. Beautiful Southwest Rocks. You can see whales swimming straight off the beach there. The mm-hmm. right time of year. Yeah. It's great up there. Um, sort of glamping, I guess. Yeah. Um, not real camping. Mm. What about you? You're just going to. Just go camping in the basin. Cry That's over our compromise because you can get a, yeah, you can get a, you can get a, a, a cold drink from the vending machine. That's my sort of uh, camping in the cappuccino boat. Mm. Pulls up once, uh, well, you know, once uh, once every morning. So uh, yeah, holidays are done for me. A good time. Um, 
And, you know, once again, this is the podcast, the Better Breeders podcast. We try and make sense of modern life. And I think, uh, you know, as, 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 as the Black and I event, the, uh, the half century, yeah, you, we're still sort of uh, benchmarking every occasion with what it was like when we were uh, teenagers. And uh, I think that's a dangerous proposition, um, but it's a valid proposition as well. You know, we are still looking for a time when we are carrying probably five kilos of luggage and have no accommodation booked or planned. And uh, have none, you know, have very little idea of where we are, or, or you know, everything's a curiosity to us. Now we're all overly researched. Um, and that's over-accessorized. My we're over-accessorized. So um, that brings us to nearly the close of the Better Breeders podcast this uh, this week. Um, I just wanted to make note of the uh, the passing, the sad passing this week of uh, a music journalist called Ian Shedden. And uh, Ian mm. Shedden was the Australian music critic, but in, he entered uh, entered my um, my radar as the drummer in a band called The Jolt, which was this mm. Aussie kind of mod band who went to the UK. And I've got a few of their records, which were, were pretty cool. But perhaps um, a, of more relevance to us and our fandom is he was a member of the Saints for a little while. In between, oh, yeah. he, he joined as they were touring the Monkey Puzzle album, which is one of my favourite Saints mm. albums. Great record. Um, and into this next, I uh, forget the next album. But, you know, I, I think, um, you know, definitely a, probably, a, you know, an entertainment journalist who actually had seen you know he's seen it from all sides you know mm. wonderful accolades uh, shared about ian Shedden, but uh, once again and you know uh, uh, the passing of, of someone with a real connection to our uh, pop culture youth mm. sad to see him go mm. Um, mm. um and uh, so you know nothing more to say on on that one um, other than, than you've been listening to the Better Breeders podcast, episode 108. You can find us across all of our socials, um, our website, which hasn't been updated much of late, but I'll, I'll endeavour to get there. Um, and, you know, you can also go back to our, our archive and find uh, a whole range of uh, fascinating and interesting podcasts by, mm. you know, two professionals at broadcasting. We didn't pick up award <laughs> at the recent Radio Industry Awards, um, perhaps because we uh, haven't shortened our names enough. Uh, we need an O at the end of our names, I think, if we're going to get a radio industry award. And we need to migrate to AM as well. AM. So once again, we put the call out every week. If you are an AM program director, mm. um, we are looking to get onto your band. We think it's the future of, of yes. broadcasting. And uh, we really want to get onto one of the great AM stations. Uh, the Black Black likes 2WS. Growing up, I had a bit of a prejudice because, you know, the, the, Western, the Western Sydney station and I was more into 2SM because they're in North Sydney and... And they put an elephant under the Harbour Bridge. Um, and the Ted Mori Gang, and I think ACDC as well. They were the, the rock station of my youth. What about 2KY, uh, Ben 2KY, Between the races? Between the races, there was a lot of carpenters. Mm, um, yes. And, uh, well, anyway, AM Radio, if you're out there, give us a call. I know there's a lot of competition on the FM band, but uh, being futurists, Black Douglas mm. and myself do believe that uh, AM Radio is the future of broadcasting. Uh, once this whole podcasting craze has uh, has faded to black. And uh, that's as good a place as any to say farewell. Uh, black Douglas, have a wonderful week. You too, Ben Life. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha.